The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. From Spirituality and Health Magazine, I'm Rabbi Rami, and this is the Spirituality and Health Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our guest today, Stephen Washington, is the author of Recovering You, Soul Care and Mindful Movement for Overcoming Addiction. His essay, Move for Recovery, appears in the January-February 2023 issue of Spirituality and Health Magazine. Stephen Washington, welcome to the Spirituality and Health Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Rabbi Rami. Really, it's our pleasure. You know, just before we started the recording, I was you know, saying that I, we, I read the essay in the magazine. I read the book. I'm totally captivated, if that's the right word, by Qigong. And I'm hoping that those who are listening to this podcast will... If they don't, if, if, if our listeners don't already have an interest in Qigong or maybe a Qigong practice of one sort or another, that you're going to spark, you know, that desire in them and they'll pick up a copy of this book. And as a starting place anyway, maybe they'll, they'll go beyond that. But mm-hmm. the book allows you through its diagrams to really get started on uh, actual physical practice. So I guess I, I'm sort of putting my cards on the table. I was predisposed to loving the book. Because of my experience with with Qigong, it is a very powerful tool, or I should say it it has been and continues to be a very powerful tool for my ongoing recovery. And, you know, with that said, up front, your book opens with several assumptions that I'd love you to just clarify. So you write in, in the book that you've I'm quoting here, you've written this book for anyone who wants to be free from addictions, addictive behaviors, or negative habits of any kind, close quote. You then say that you promise the reader a holistic pathway to help move, and I'm quoting again, past the constraints that addictions and negative habits can create, close quote. So I, I love this. And then in my experience, there's a distinction between addiction and and constraints. I mean, I can see how I can move beyond constraints, but moving beyond addiction and negative habits, especially when you say it so broadly, negative habits of of any kind seems a huge claim to make. But you made it, and I'm willing to, you know, (laughs) have you convince me. So how, how is that really possible? Well, thank you for having me on your show, Rabbi Rami. I appreciate this opportunity to talk about recovering you. I am a person who has had many years in recovery. I just celebrated 20 years of sobriety. During my life, I've studied many holistic practices that have helped me on my 20-year journey of recovery. And I have had the pleasure 
of teaching many of those practices to many different people, people who are in recovery and out of recovery. I know that these practices help anyone by giving them tools to manage stress and to practice self-care. And self-care is so important. And I think most of us don't get enough of it. I think that what I offer in the book is just one of many tools that I think is helpful to anyone who is on the road of recovery, but also on the road of trying to change habits or change ways of thinking that are destructive or or have outlived their usefulness. And a lot of what I explore in the book is how to create space in oneself, in their body, in their mind, in their spirit, so that they can take a moment to observe what they're feeling, observe what they're thinking, and within that space, have the opportunity to make different choices. Anything and everything that I offer in the book is really just one, what I like to think of as one facet of a person's recovery, whatever they're recovering from. I know for me, everything that's in the book I use, or I've used at one point or another in my 20 years of sobriety, but there are so many other tools that I have gathered in my life that really creates a holistic approach that supports and feeds my recovery. So that's basically what I try to offer within the pages of Recovering You. So let let me jump in and say, no, (laughs) there is way more to this book than your modesty allows here. I've I've read a lot of books on recovery. I've written a couple of books on recovery. Mm. This book, when you're talking about creating space, there is something at least potentially transformative when you have this embodied approach to recovery that comes through Qigong. That, that's why, I mean, you know, it's, it's, the, the book is Recovering You, but soul care, okay, but mindful movement for overcoming addiction. It's the mindful movement, I think, that I really want to highlight the power of the exercises that you bring to the reader who shouldn't just be a reader, but should be a practitioner. When you get to these exercises, try them out more than once. To see if you can get into the flow of them because there, there is something happening when you do the exercises. I don't know if I'm being clear yeah. to the listener. I know you understand what I'm saying, but I don't know how, how clear I'm being. Absolutely. But, May I interrupt you for one yeah, moment? Yeah, please. What you're saying is absolutely true. And thank you so much for saying it. My experience in recovery was for so long, I approached my recovery from from the mind, just in terms of what I thought and even what I felt, but it never never touched the, the physical aspects of me until I engaged in and started learning practices like Qigong and self massage and acupressure once I was about 10 years sober. And what I've come to understand in an intuitive sense, but also from what I've read over the years, is that many of us in recovery, many of us even outside of recovery, have experienced trauma, some sort of trauma 
And trauma affects the body, affects us physiologically and also affects the mind. And in order for us to begin to unravel what trauma does to us, we have to, we have to connect to the body. We have to connect to the body and, and through the body, we can also deeply touch the emotions and also examine the thoughts. So that's one of the things that I offer in Recovering You. And it is an amazing experience once you, once you engage with the practices because the intelligence is in the medicine, is in the movement. And once you begin the practices and coordinate your movement with your breath, amazing things begin to happen all by itself once we just make, make ourselves available to it and willing and open to, to the experience. And it's going to be different for every single one of us, but I know that these practices have helped sustain me for many, many years, and I've watched it do the same for others. So did I hear you right? You said the medicine is in the movement. Absolutely. Qigong is an ancient Chinese practice that combines standing postures, flowing movement, deep breathing, and focused intention to activate, cultivate, and circulate life force energy. And it's that life force energy that really is the medicine within the body. Each and every one of us has this healing, these healing properties and potential in the body, but we just have to access it. And one of the ways that we access it is if we can turn off our sympathetic nervous system and turn on our parasympathetic nervous system. And the, the flowing movements and, and the deep breathing help us to do that. And my experience with Qigong is that almost anybody can do it. I mean, I've seen people do Qigong who are in wheelchairs. Absolutely. Even, even bedridden people could do some form of Qigong. Deep breathing is a Qigong exercise in and of itself, and it's quite powerful. But it's one of the things that I think is amazing and so wonderful about this modality is that it's highly adaptable. It can meet the practitioner anywhere that they are on their physical journey in life. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, that's what makes this book, I, I don't know if it's unique, but it makes the book very, very important. Let, let, let's switch to, to some other things because there's so much in this book. I was taken with your linkage of the idea of freedom with, with the idea of recovery. You, you write that when you ask people what they really want, they say they really want to be free. And then you go on, they list things they want to be free from, like they want to be free from drugs and alcohol and shame and fear. In my case, compulsive overeating. When I think about this, the things that people want to be free from, my sense is, and I want to get your take on this, my sense is that these things the drugs, the alcohol, the compulsive eating, the shame, the fear, are all symptoms of the loss of a deeper freedom, that we really want to be free from something we can't even name. And, and in a sense, free from the thing we can't name, to be free for something that we also can't name. But, but I want to get into that in a second when we talk about recovering you. So, so what's your sense of, of these things being symptoms of a greater a longing for freedom. Beautifully said. Thank you very much. I love what you just said. I agree with you that that the thing that, and it's different for each and every one of us, but the thing that keeps us locked into a certain place or stuck that limits us is something that can always be expressed in words, but it is a feeling. And it's a feeling that 
that each of us knows on a very, very intimate and personal way, and it affects us all differently. But I think that what most of us want is to live in a way where there is possibility and peace and some sense of connection, some sense of safety, and some sense of potential. And it's been my experience that through my addictions and also just certain thoughts and beliefs that are that are so woven and intertwined with the the physical acts that go with any kind of addiction that there is a desire to be free of them there is a desire to disconnect from them and also at the same time find a way to connect to the deepest parts of ourselves which i think in in addiction we lose touch we lose connection with that deep part of ourselves and once we do connect to that deeper part of ourselves i think there is that's where the there's the potential and possibility for a sense of freedom a sense of expansion and connection not only to that part of ourselves but also to other people and also just to the world around us yeah yeah i think that's absolutely true which makes me well actually it brings me to a question about the title of the book mm-hmm. so you know, just the first part, Recovering You. So I read it, the title, the first couple of times. And I thought in terms of, like when I go to a meeting or when someone asks me and I say, I'm a recovering addict, food addict, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a recovering food addict. And so I could read this as, I'm recovering Rami, the Rami that would be without the addiction to to food or all the things that you know you listed that people want to be free from. So I'm, I'm recovering the me that is free from addictions and fear and shame and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. But my my sense is, or maybe stronger than that, my experience with Qigong is that the that it's not that I'm recovering Rami, that I'm recovering a dimension of reality that is not Rami but a label-free awareness that, well, okay, I'll put it this way. This may not be your language at all, but and you can translate it into something that works for you. But what I'm recovering is a sense of, of me with a capital M that's indistinguishable from God or Tao or Brahman. You know, I'm, I'm recovering the Atman to use Hindu language, I'm recovering the Atman that knows it's Brahman that is happening as as me. What I got out of this is that you're pointing beyond Stephen to something greater that isn't really, that isn't just you, that's really all of us. Does that, does that speak to you at all or am I just? No, it absolutely does speak to me. And I think that that a person's journey through recovery and through the tools and everything that's in recovering you, I think a starting place is connecting to the self, the self that perhaps that we lost to addiction, the self that we perhaps were before we experienced the traumas that may have ignited these addictions just connecting to that. And then once we're able to connect to that, it really opens us up to 
a greater world and universe and and other dimension through the practice of of qigong through the practice of presence through the practice of deep breathing it opens us up to to really just the universe and nature that's one of the things that's that's I think really special about Qigong is that it, it not only connects us to our own energy, but it also connects us to the energy that's around us, that's between us, between person to person, between us and nature, and between us and the universe. Yeah, the, the force for those who are into the Star Wars. Yeah. And what, what it also <laughs> does is it, it allows us to open our consciousness to receive insights and intuition through the practices. And it's something that just creates space for that. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. And, and that you, if, we're gonna, if we can talk this way for a second, mm-hmm. that you that we are recovering, that you is beyond all labels, beyond addictions, beyond shame and fear, and probably beyond joy and you know, all, all the ego-centered feelings, positive and negative, that we can imagine. It, it's, it's this cosmic awareness that each of us is a part of. I don't want to say each of us has within us, because that's way too small. We're within it. It's not within us. And, and, and I think that's what that's what the book points toward. And I think, and you can, you know, it's just a really basically yes or no, and we can move on to something else. But I think that's what you're pointing toward is this deeper sense of recovery. And and the reason I'm harping on it is because I'm hoping people will pick up the book. And I'm hoping if they do pick up the book, they will go deeper into it than than just the surface that a lot of people read when they read books on recovery. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm glad you agree with me. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do. do. It opens us, the whole process opens us up to just the unlimited potential that we all have. And if people can even just get a glimmer of that through this process, that's just remarkable. That's just remarkable. Okay. So all that is very abstract. And I know, because I love the abstract, but Mm. your book is not doesn't get caught up in that. You do offer practical advice, or not advice, you offer often practical things to do through movement. And and I'm going to put you on the spot because I loved the section of the book. You, You offer three fundamental questions. Right in the beginning of the book, in the introduction to the book, you offer these three fundamental questions that I found very helpful. And I'm just going to read the questions and I'm going to like I said, put you on the spot and ask you to, to do something the book doesn't do, but see if you can help with it anyway. So the, the, here are the questions. Is this thought, behavior, or choice helping me or harming me? Is it enhancing or diminishing my sobriety? Is it moving me closer to a drink or is it moving me further away for, from a drink? And you can substitute whatever addiction you've got to drink with a drink. 
So these are very simple and direct. So is this thought, behavior, or choice helping me or harming me? Is it enhancing or diminishing my sobriety? Is it moving me closer to my addiction or further away from my, my addiction? And what I have in mind, because it's a book on movement, is there something I could do physically as I ask these questions to make the asking deeper than just a mental exercise? Mm, absolutely. I think what one can do is connect to the breath while they ask themselves oh, those questions. Okay. Start with the breath. The breath is with us always. We take countless breaths in a day, but we don't often pay attention to how we're breathing and we can tell a lot about how we feel by how we breathe. So what I would invite anyone to do as they consider the those questions and what their truth is, just place one hand on their lower belly and then place the other hand on their chest. And as you sit tall or even lying down on your back, you can gently soften your gaze or close your eyes and take a deep breath in through your nose. And as you inhale, allow your abdomen to expand and then allow your ribs to expand. And then lastly, allow your chest to rise into that top hand. And then as you exhale out, allow your chest to soften first, then your ribs to soften. And then lastly, your belly. So again, breathing in through your nose, allow your belly, ribs, and then chest to expand. And then exhale out through your nose and allow your chest, your ribs, and your belly to soften. So just allow the breath to move through you like a wave. Be a witness so what, to your breath. Yeah. And then also be a witness to your your thoughts and what those questions inspire within you. So so would I do this and then ask the questions? Would I do this while I ask the questions? Or would I do this before I ask, as I ask, and after I ask in order to feel the answer? Well, I think it's gonna be it's not gonna be the same for each person. Ah, okay. Fair enough. I, I think each person can intuitively decide what's going to help them get to the truth for them. So whether they need to breathe to allow themselves to prepare to ask these important questions, they can carry the breath through as they consider their answers to these questions. And then once they have an idea of what their truth is, just allow that to echo in their body, mind, and spirit as they breathe deeply. I get the sense that the body, and, and this is metaphoric, not literal, but the body's like, especially the way you're talking about it now with the breath, it's like a lie detector, mm. you know, like, because I could say, I mean, I'm an addict. So, you know, is, is this behavior moving me closer to a drink or moving me further away from a drink or in my case, you know, eating mm -hmm. inappropriately. And I can convince myself that it's moving me further away. I can, I can eat this pie. It's not going to be a problem. But my body knows and my breathing knows, even if my mind is saying something different. And as I'm just trying this while you're talking, 
I'm, I'm pretend I'm trying to convince myself of a lie, you know, and I can't do the exercise. I can't breathe right. Mm-hmm. If I'm telling myself, no, go ahead and eat it. My, I can't, I can't, I can't get the breath to be deep and do it the way you're explaining it. If I'm lying about the answer to the question. Mm. So there's a, so the breath is saying, no, you're, you're BSing yourself here. There's, <laughs> there's a real truth meter going on with, with that exercise. So I, I appreciate your, your offering. I, I want to stick with this body part in, in the time we have left. You mentioned this earlier and it's in the book and I, I, I want you to help us understand it. The act of massaging your body, self-massage, you say it's one of the kindest and most nurturing gifts you can give yourself. How do I do self-massage? Well, there are many examples that I give through the book, people how they can apply self-massage to themselves. And I I use the hands, I use the feet, and I use the ears, particularly because those are the body parts that are used in reflexology. Because there there is science behind the fact that we can impact the entire body by working on these small body parts and that the entire body, all the systems are represented in the hands and the feet and even in the ears. And there's something incredibly loving and nurturing by massaging ourselves. And it's something that we do intuitively. When you feel tense in your neck and shoulders, what do we tend to do? We tend to grab our shoulders, and we tend to squeeze with our hands. Same thing, if you're feeling tension in your hands, we tend to just intuitively massage our hands. If your feet are are hurting you because you've been standing on your feet for too long in a day, you take your shoes off, what do we intuitively do? We massage our feet. So in the book, I invite people to do these practices, but apply intention to them. And, and with their mind and in their breath, as they tend to the hands, the feet, the ears, you are guiding and directing the energy and also allowing your body to shift from perhaps the fight, flight, freeze, the sympathetic nervous system and turn on the parasympathetic nervous system. So the healing properties within the body can be released. One of the things that I learned when I was in massage school was that so many of us, and I think this, I think the pandemic showed this, that so many of us are isolated and lonely and alone. And we can be isolated or lonely, even in a crowd of people. And one of the ways that we can break through that is through touch. We can do this through self-massage, providing some sense of care for ourselves, or we can also go to a massage therapist that we trust and receive the healing power of touch and connection. And so I think there's tremendous power and potential for healing through the modality of self-massage. So. That leads me to the final question, because we really are out of time. But I, I th- I'm, okay, let me just 
again, put you on the spot. Because as I was thinking about what you were just saying, I'm, I'm imagining, and I don't have to think too hard about this because it happens to me all the time. There are these moments, and again, food is my thing, you know, overeating is my, my addiction. There are these moments when the call of the food, the desire for the food is almost overwhelming. And I say almost because I, I don't give into it, but it becomes a battle of will, which is very not, it's very bad for me personally. It's not how my recovery works. It's much more about surrender than it is fighting. I mean, you just said the fight, flight, or what was the third thing you just said? Oh, fight, flight, or freeze. Freeze. Okay. So I don't want to do any of those things. You know, I, there, there, there's something else that one can do, which I think is at the heart of recovering you, recovering the greater sense of, of who I really am, the divine, the, the, the divine you. And I'm wondering if there's something I can do. And, you know, I could adapt the breathing exercise you just did. But when you're talking about the hands, the feet, and the ears, so leave the feet out of it because that's going to be too hard for me to get my shoes off and my socks off, and I don't have time, I will have eaten something by then. Mm-hmm. But I, I find myself in a, I don't know, crisis is maybe the wrong word, but let's go with crisis. So I'm in this moment of crisis when I, I'm just, for whatever reason, on the verge of eating compulsively, not yet, but on the verge of being out of control, is there something I can do, a pressure point, and, and I'm just being personal, but for me, it would be with my hands. Is there some place I can, some pressure point in my hands that I could um, massage that would help free me from the, the, the mind or the madness that's looping through my mind mm-hmm. about eat it, eat it, eat it, you know, to, to break that cycle? Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if I'm being clear in what I'm asking you, but something to use in an emergency situation, like an EpiPen, you know, something <laughs> I can just bam, do this, and it'll give me a moment mm-hmm. uh, to just break that cycle and then, you know, step back from the precipice. Yeah. One of the th- thank you for that question. One of the things that comes to mind is a simple exercise, just chi massage. So it's where you just literally tap on the body to massage and activate energy within the body. You can even take your fingertips, bring them to the center of your chest, right on your breastbone and tap. Tap up and down your breastbone. And then what you can also do is make a soft fist with one hand and you can bring that hand over to the opposite side of your chest, just below your collarbone and just in of your armpit and tap there, just tapping with, on With that your fist. With a soft fist. Uh-huh. Yeah, so right on the corner of your chest, activating the lungs. And then what you can do from there is do the same thing on the other side. And while you do this, you just take nice deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth. And then you can go back to the chest again. And then you can slowly, slowly come to a still point. And you can just rest your hands on your heart, one palm on top of the other. And you can close your eyes and just breathe. 
and just feel your body in this moment. So tapping into the sensations in your body and in your breath, and in some sense, distracting your mind away from this thought or this idea that what's going to help me feel differently or feel better in this moment, turning it away from this craving that you have for the food or for the cigarette or for whatever, just to be able to connect to the present moment. Because sometimes the thoughts take us to the past or take us to the future, but doesn't really root us in the present moment. And the body and the breath is a way to do that. And that will just give us enough space so that we can possibly, potentially, make a different decision than than what we would normally do. Now, will this work every single time? Maybe not. But will it work some of the time with practice and awareness? Absolutely. So I could hear you doing it while you were doing it. I was doing it along with you. I'm certain that the listener could hear the tapping, at least on, on your end. I could feel a shift just just doing it along with you. So again, I, I won't claim that it could happen every time. I don't have any data on that. Right. But I could I could see how it, it makes a shift very quickly. That I'm, I mean, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm going to use that. That was very, very helpful and a perfect way to end the conversation. So thank you very much for that. My pleasure. Thank you so much for this top opportunity to talk about the book and to share with you. It, it was it was absolutely my pleasure. Our guest today, Stephen Washington, is the author of Recovering You. His essay, Move for Recovery, appears in the January-February 2023 issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. You can learn more about his work at his website, StephenWashingtonExperience.com. Stephen Washington, thanks again for being with us on Spirituality and Health Podcast. Spirituality Health Podcast is produced by Ezra Baker Truppiano, and our executive producer is Brenna Lilly. If you enjoyed this podcast, and how could you not, please leave us a five-star rating on your podcast app. And if you're not already a subscriber to Spirituality and Health Magazine, please become one at spiritualityhealth.com. From everyone at Spirituality and Health Magazine, we thank you for listening to this podcast. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.